All right, universe. Why do I keep starting these things at 4.20 in the morning? I don't know. But it is 4.20, so I'll be right back. Well, <clears throat> despite my dog's lack of enthusiasm, I mean, who can blame her? It's 4... Times in the 4.22 in the morning. Well, my lack of enthusiasm can probably be fixed, so I'll be right back. Well, okay, since tonight... To morning, since whatever time it is. Um, the point of today was to discuss. Um, well, I have a list. My list is. What is my list this time? 11 things that. Uh, okay, I remember now. <clears throat> right. So. So. So, 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 so often do I say so, that I should start sewing. But I won't, because that takes nimble fingers, and I don't have those anymore. Which brings me to point number one. Not on my list, just point number one in life. Uh, I owe an explanation to, I guess, the more of you that are listening. For whatever reason, in the last couple weeks, all of a sudden, a lot more people are listening. Or at least downloading. Hopefully you're not listening. Um, but if you are, well, number one, I smoke a lot of weed. What I'm doing right now is called a dab. You heat up a titanium nail. You put some concentrated marijuana extract on a tool that looks like a dental tool. And then you do this. And if you do it right, well, the cloud that just came out of my mouth <coughs> looked like something from a Disney movie. So, um, I'm not going to do that in real time again, at least for a while. Um, meaning <coughs> not in this episode. I usually pause to do it, but I don't want to hide the fact that I'm high as hell all the time. High as hell. Hmm. Pause. Okay. <clears throat> Unpause. Uh, you may be able to hear the very low production value of this entire enterprise. If you can hear the high pitched filling valve <clears throat> of the toilet, which given that I've switched my bedroom to the room closer to the bathroom, or at least closer to the toilet, uh, and there's no rug in here, I can imagine that the acoustics are funky for uh, reasons that I will solve as I go, because this operation is as, mm, how can we put this? technically savvy as a Samsung Galaxy S4 with, I think, the onboard MP3 recording app. <clears throat> if not, it's just the number one Google return in Google Play Store for MP3 free recorder. And, um, well, I mean, I have a cat who's asleep on the bed. I have a dog who's asleep on the floor. And that's it. That's the whole show. And the dog and the cat contribute very little 
<clears throat> during the actual show. They're huge in pre-production. They do nothing during the actual show. So it's me talking to myself. And the timing of the end of this segment, which, because I have no, um, I do not care to follow the structure of anything um, that is uh, <clears throat> set up in current entertainment formats. I just pick shit that matters to me. So 53 episodes per season, but there's no season like fall. There's just however long it takes me to do 53 episodes. Well, that's the next season. So we're currently in season six. Season one, I had to figure out how to even talk to myself for this long, which didn't take all that long. (laughs) Shockingly. But, uh, it's it's got some quality because I was trying to bring uh, certain concepts to bear initially, having mulled over probably for between 6 and 18 months the possibility of delivering something of this sort. <clears throat> and uh, I did feel the need to put some confessional into the universe. Um and explain some of my dastardly deeds at times that created thinking that led to versions of myself that were false. I just had a bunch of um, had a bunch of mental hangups from all kinds of sources. So I wander through some of those dense areas uh, at times in especially episodes one, two, and three. And I'll get back to doing that. But because this needed to happen, the way it's going to happen in the next episodes, or next season, whatever, next block of 53, um, I, I need those stories to come back at some other point. Just, they're not shelved forever, but they have been covered as much as I want to cover them from a let's not talk about my childhood now, except in relevant positions against, say, what I'm discussing. But that doesn't mean I won't go back to waxing poetic about what my nine-year-old attempt to repeat my baseball success of my eight-year-old self turned into. But that story on hold until another day. Because for now, well, first thing I have to do is apologize for the mistake of putting the intro blurb that I meant to have at the beginning of the last episode at the end of it. I mean, it's fucking idiotic. It's so idiotic, I can't believe I did it. I mean, I know exactly how I did it, because I dumbly named the episodes. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Let's just say that it's completely my fault. And when I realized they did it, I thought, oh, well, that's pretty easy to fix. And then I thought, well, fuck that. I'm not fixing that because that's so my fault. It was, it was just, it's the kind of thing where it's like, if you, if you point a loaded gun at your foot and then you cock it and then you decide to just see if you can feather that trigger just without 
setting that gun off well, just a little bit, just to get the rush of pull, uh, not pulling the trigger, just having your finger on the... I mean, if you don't think those kinds of behaviors will lead to shooting your fucking foot, what the fuck are you thinking? So with that kind of idiocy involved in that mistake, I just have to leave it there. And I guess rule number one of listening to me is that I swear a lot. Well, I guess I smoke weed, I swear a lot, and I don't edit. <clears throat> Those are three uh, deal breakers for a lot of people. Matter of fact, you know what? I should lead every episode with that. First of all, don't listen to this. Why do I say that? Because I don't usually make a point of clarity in a way that I can even tell you something I'm going to drill down and then get there and then have processed it in a way that I can transfer that sequence of knowledge gained to somebody just eavesdropping in on my inanity. No. No. This is more like, oh, fuck. I don't know. You're the kind of person who likes to uh, read other people's letters or sneak into people's diaries or... I mean, it's just, it's not even that interesting, though, you know, because at least in a diary, shit, man, you're telling your secrets. And I don't have any. I just tell everything. So sometimes there's something of interest, but a lot of times there isn't. Now, I'm not saying a lot of times there isn't because I don't try to say something interesting. I do. And fuck, the way some people download, I mean, obviously you're finding interest in multiple episodes, but <clears throat> I don't, I don't have much... I don't have much. Uh, I don't have much planning, forethought, or organization in any of what I'm trying to do here, except that there are a couple of topics that I'm keeping tabled for conversations because I think they're much better exchanged than they are diatribed. And then, and I just haven't gotten to those yet. I haven't gotten to a lot of conversations because one. I still have stuff to say without that uh, transition. But two, because that transition is the point of the next segment, is to become conversational. So it's coming. And it has been, at this point, as planned as anything else in the entire uh, library of work thus far, which means I've put about uh, somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour's worth of thought, directly thinking about what I want the first run to look like um, in my head. I haven't written anything down. I haven't even committed to the logistics of what I'm trying to do. But getting close enough that that could happen in a week or 10 days, those things are all on my mind. So <clears throat> what I'm trying to finish this one out with are nine lists of nine things that I think I'm right about. And I know I'm teasing the universe with stupid titles to the whole seasons, as well as to the episodes. I get that too. And But I could be wrong, and I could be right. And I could be completely delusional and full of shit. But... 
it's hard to it's hard to find as many corroborating vectors that start to really unwind the <clears throat> the gnarly tumbleweeds that were filling your reality to the point that you just <clears throat> thought this can't all be right. Where are the holes? And as you start to fill back in the holes that you realize exist and understand a lot of the connecting realities that are in play, the ones that, uh, that, <laughs> um, that it come as close to unveneered or whatever you want to call the act of truth as can be ascertained. And this is all with the understanding and limitation that the human animal is seeing in five senses, <clears throat> perceiving in six, and in those five senses even is limited in range of interpretation. There are plenty of audible noises we can't hear, plenty of visual lights, uh, or there are plenty of media in which energy is moving that we can't perceive. So whatever we do think we know, we only know what we're able to consciously interpret, which is very small part of what the entire natural universe presents. So no matter how you look at it, we're limited. And the limits with which we arrive here are agreed upon. We know what we're coming here for. And I say this because when <clears throat> when I as a as an exploring mental analytical mind of say teenage years to 30 I wanted to find something that revealed how continuity of both spirit and curiosity could be delivered in a world filled with greed and self-interest. Because it seemed to me like every time I ventured into the greedy, self-interested schemes, I felt, number one, like I, I wasn't myself ever. And number two, that I would just get so detached from any purpose that I would let loose with as nefarious a run of advantages you could find. So once I gave up on the system, I just tried to game it as much as possible and had no qualms about doing it, at least with when it came to the corporate American business structure. So... Uh, and it's not like I ever did anything hyper-illegal. I just would always find ways to either um, huh, suck off the time clock because, shit, man, you can easily find, uh, what, about 20 to 30 hours a week of time that you can blow off as long as you're hyper-productive with the other 20 to 10. <laughs> I mean, whatever. The point is, there was never a job that was so involving that I couldn't, within months, 
work myself into a very uh, relaxed but productive enough version of that job description to then fulfill myself at work with other hobbies or interests or whatever. I mean, the point is, I've never found something so engaging that it engulfed me other than women. Other women in the universe who've come into my life, and I can think of two specifically. A third one comes to mind, but nothing's ever happened, so I don't know that it counts. But there's just opportunities where you know you're with somebody with whom you're so connected. It's almost like you just don't want to, you don't want to make it, you don't want to ruin it by doing it too slow, too fast, too whatever. You know, you just, you know the connection's deep. It's a question of of finding a rhythm of exploring that connection to the point that you find a way to get that depth for both of you without anything threatening the connection's uh, unique uh, opportunity to get that deep in the first place. And now that I understand that people like that exist, I had never really put into my mind that I was settling in so many situations because I was never somebody who could feel confident flying solo. I don't know where the need to be completed by another entity came from, but it overwhelmed me in my, I don't know, mid-20s to late 20s, some, somewhere all the way to my 40, to 40-ish, 44, somewhere in there. I mean, by 45, I no longer gave a shit, that's for sure. So let's just call it 20 years from 25 to 45, in which <clears throat> being without somebody was a situation that I couldn't, I couldn't accept for very long. And by very long, I mean months. Three to four months, I'm freaking out that I'm spending so much time by myself. And it wasn't that the time by myself was uh, mentally challenging and, and I was so bored or I was, you know, I needed, I, I even had friends and plenty of things to do that were social. It's just, if I didn't have something that I was building toward uh, a, a bigger and bigger uh, connection, in other words, if I wasn't actually developing in a relationship with somebody, then I was just bouncing around. <clears throat> and literally bouncing around with whoever and whatever came my way. I didn't have any plan or any organization to do anything. I was just waiting for the next thing that was interesting enough to divert me from the otherwise what seemed almost pointless life I was leading. And, um, and all these things are generalities because I'm trying to speak to the metamorphosis I went through to take me from what was essentially a nihilistic, meaningless existence that was consciously explored as such and decided to be as such uh, it's not like I haven't fucking spent my time trying to figure out life. I had given up that A, I was smart enough, B, 
it was there to be figured out and see that I had the makeup to be um, uh, 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 um, let's go with uh, honorable um, because one of the one of the mental hurdles I still don't know how I overcame was at some point in my life and it was recent meaning in the last decade and I'm 53 years old about to be 54 but somewhere in the last 6 to 10 years I stopped compulsive lying and compulsive lying is a scenario I think you can work yourself into especially if you already have a slippery version of the truth as a kid, which I did. And these, I'm going to say 35 years of true insanity, not being able to stop myself from lying, trying to, different techniques even, eventually giving up, figuring, okay, well, you can minimize it by just keeping your mouth shut which was eventually the one thing that worked the best. But even then, I would at times open my mouth and say shit that I'm like, what the fuck am I saying? What the fuck am I saying? And, and it, one of the worst techniques I tried to use to overcome it was to immediately tell people in real time, what I just said was not true, because sometimes the lies would be egregious. And so then I would, of course, chicken out and say, what the fuck, man, shut the fuck up. You know, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I really thought I was broken. I thought somewhere I just had gotten too loose with the truth to be able to coordinate a life back in living plainly and openly. So when it happened, it didn't dawn on me until it really was happening for a while. And then I thought, well, okay, this is just some subconscious trick I'm going through because I'm protecting myself from what? And I've been blurting out the truth ever since. And now I don't even think about lying. I mean, the idea of lying is... It, it was so much a part of my life that of course I can understand lies. But now, I can't imagine having a dishonest moment. It just... It gives you so much to have to navigate in the, in the false realities that you create. Why do it? And yet, <clears throat> I think it was finding all the schadenfreude in reality as it is now, seeing what the real liars can do. I've, I've always thought that I'm professional level at certain things that I've come to realize later. I'm fucking amateur as hell. Lying is one of them. Because as good as I was at it, I was never that great at it. As committed to the art as I could say I was, the people who are protecting the biggest lies now, they're in panic mode. And the one thing I will say about going through my experience is it's hard not to recognize the liars because they stand out. You can see them. You can see their mannerisms, their actions. And I mean, it's not even fair to say that all politicians lie. They do. You can honestly see politicians' truth uh, personas easier than anything else, and that's how you can just 
everything else assume is full of shit. But there is some truth, especially when it comes to, well, there is some truth in Washington. But it's built on an entire underbelly of self-protection and um, and backroom deals. And of course it is. That's how it was going to evolve no matter what. In a country where you can buy loyalty, well, what do you think is going to happen? So that mess, that situation of letting it fester into what it is today, which is essentially a, an entire charade run amok into false realities wherever they look. Nothing's real in Washington anymore. It's all something masquerading as something else because it's the intention of another thing to get it done this way so that no one will know what the true intention was from the get-go, which is being controlled over here by who even knows. And with that much <clears throat> maneuvering behind everything, well, the level of distrust and panic is palpable. You can see it on TV even. I mean, <clears throat> you can, you, you've seen it in the 21st century growing and growing, but now you see it everywhere. And you even see it with the media. For once, the media has clued in that, that they've, they've really lost uh, control. They are now just a sounding board for whatever message comes down from above. That's it. And, and the public knows it. That that leaves us with a scenario of a, of a republic of independent citizens who can't get information on which to make decisions for the republic that are good for all of us. And even if we do make a decision like that, and our politicians say they'll go to Washington to support that decision, then they don't. Then we don't hold them accountable. So with this form of government, which is, I guess, somewhere between, ah, fuck, I don't know. Um, well, uh, it seems a little bit like um, Lord of the Flies meets Idiocracy. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cutthroat scenario of literally doing what you have to do to move forward that which you are tied to get done because you're beholden to these cloaked individuals over here, as well as maintaining enough of the uh, spiderweb structure that is, is currently falling apart. Do your part to make sure that it gets through another goddamn session so that you can get out of this thing retired before the whole thing falls apart. I mean, it's fun to watch from afar, but the idea that it's it's as if we're watching something we know is going to explode and people just keep bringing more and more goddamn combustible material to the fire to see if they can make it the biggest explosion of all time. This one, people will talk about forever. Well, every uh, empire, were we an empire? I suppose we were. Militarily, we sure are that goes through decline, experiences these moments of self-awareness uh, in which you come to see that there was so much you could have done differently that might have helped. Maybe I could have been more involved politically, but I thought politics was for the, what, the 
those who needed to be told they were important. It seemed like a game of veneers, a lot like Hollywood. Just people with a need to fill, what, some power void or some stroke me void. I don't even know. But it never appealed to me, and it always looked like the kind of place that if you just let them be as narcissistic as they are, if they don't get too many crazy ideas going at once, well, how much damage can they really do? And does anybody else really want to do that job? No. So it seemed like the kind of thing you just left it alone, hope for the best, and got involved if things started to go so awry that shit hit the fan and there was something really to worry about. But most of the big things had been fixed, it seemed like, until 9-11 came along, right? <clears throat> that was awful. So, since 9-11, the idea that the world is a place where justice, liberty, the value of the human individual is gaining ground year by year is false. In my lifetime, the swing of that pendulum has gone from cloaked restriction of that which humankind is here to embrace to outright suppression of that which humankind is here to embrace. In the open, by the leadership of the world, against citizens in every form of assembly you can name. It's a full-on push to decide the future of the human existence. Now, that's a lot of hyperbole, except it's not completely hyperbole. That's what fucking sucks, right? That's what makes the cat sneeze. A lot. So, I figure one of the things that's happened is we've lost the art of conversation. Look at me, I'm talking to my sleeping dog and my sneezing cat. And I, I know that conversation is a place where people are vulnerable. People get uncertain of where they stand. It's an assembly of me versus you, all that bullshit, which none of which is true. But in America, I mean, we think like that because in America, everything's a goddamn negotiation. Everything's about what can I get out of this? What's in it for me? Well, what am I going to, what am I going to take away from this? Well, all right, I, I'm willing to, to contribute, but I got to know what I'm going to get back here, right? Everything's a negotiation. And the weird thing is, for once in my life, I understand that I don't like negotiation. I never did. I never wanted to. I never wanted to be in the realm of, uh, I'll do this for you, you do this for me. I just wanted to do the things that felt right and continue doing the things that felt right until I found other things that felt righter than do that or do more of what felt right and come back to that when I explored other things that didn't feel right, whatever. Like, I just was never going to find myself in a position where, because I had some sort of 
authority and value that I could exchange for some other authority and value that I would ever want that sort of lifestyle. Never made sense to me. <clears throat> that always seemed like a pressure-filled world of giving away more than I had in, to get in return. I just am not somebody who's a shrewd negotiator. So after taking 30 years to figure out that living in a land of negotiation, having all the skills to negotiate, but just not having the drive or desire to do it, well, I finally gave up and just started to say, I don't want to do anything but be kind, forgiving, and understanding to the universe. So that's what I do. I go out and I be kind, I be understanding, and I be forgiving. And then I listen. And then I try to talk. But I listen more than I talk. And these are the conversations that I've been having with the universe. And they're getting better, no doubt about it. But people are very uncomfortable when you offer unconditional love to the landscape with nothing requested in return. People do not understand that. People do not even want to play that game. People think that is the kind of thing that you might as well be knocking on my door with a Hare Krishna ponytail telling me about whatever this religion is now doing. Sorry, Hare Krishna, I'm sure whatever you do is great. But <clears throat> when you knock on people's doors and try to uh, tell them things about what they should believe, well, those kinds of uh, reactions are the same reactions that you get when you tell people that you're offering unconditional love to the universe. Uh, until you start actually showing that that's true. And then people go through this sort of shock period of, all right, well, I don't understand why you keep doing things for me, and then you don't even remotely care about getting anything in return. Like, no, I don't. I really don't. As a matter of fact, I would more so like to go do something to help somebody else. So I'm glad I could be useful and helpful. But really, what else can I do except move on? I didn't know that this is who I was until about six years ago, five years ago. And now that I've spent the last three or four years really embracing this side of myself, well, my life's fucking great. I mean, everything is working out. And everything is truly, for the first time, filled with purpose and destiny. So that's why I'm here. I'm trying to explain all of how I could have moved from nihilism and chaos into purpose and destiny. I didn't want this transition at the end through any of my own pursuit, it happened without me even noticing it until I realized I had changed. And so I'm still in the purpose and destiny verticals trying to reconcile how the fuck I'm even in them because I didn't read a book or go to a lecture or find a, a guru. I didn't do any of that. I just all of a sudden started playing way better tennis, started having way more energy, started being... I was so unsure that I hadn't... I, I was I'm more coordinated. I'm more... I mean, lots of things about me are better in a way that shouldn't happen in your late 40s. I measured myself one day 
to see if maybe I'd even gotten taller because I was so much more authoritative in my tennis game. I, <laughs> I've been through enough physical and mental elevation that I know I am a more effective human being today than I was five years ago or 10 years ago or certainly 15 years ago. I can, I have more stamina on my bike. I have more than I did when I was 30 and I smoke weed like a chimney. Now I don't smoke weed. I vaporize it and I do dab hits, which minimize the actual combustion intake. So I actually do get less in my lungs than I used to, but still, this isn't healthy. This isn't what's supposed to put you on your bicycle for 40 miles a day. So, whatever it is, it's like the fountain of youth. The only thing I will say is that I'm a little forgetful. So, while I still have my mental faculties at now 5, oh, 5.04 in the morning. 5.05. Hello, 5.05. Um, all right, I already told you I fucked up the last episode. I'm not going to talk about quiet quitting turning me anachronistic, but I'll get back to that one. Uh, okay. These are two questions I get the most. Why am I so hard to get in touch with? And why do I have no Patreon? Well, I don't get that one often, but that's the most insistent one. And I don't have a Patreon because why would I? What am I going to charge for? There is... Uh, in my opinion, again, there are, there are unique informational resources in the universe that I think I would consider something of subscription value to be reading, but it almost all has to do with up-to-date, real-time, current information. Nothing that I speak on is time-sensitive. I try not to be time-sensitive. What's the point? I mean, yeah, I did talk about Will Smith's slap. But at some point, I don't have an arc of now because I'm always figuring shit out that's coming up, going back, overlapping, redirecting. My life is nothing but... uh, a, a maze of reconsiderations and convictions being tested to prove my conviction or to give myself an opportunity to think through another way of looking at things. I basically want to spend my life becoming as seasoned and experienced as I can. And I think through everything to the point that I don't feel like I neglect anything that I'm going through. And then I spit it all out in these recorded diatribes of what's on my mind. And then I do it again tomorrow, maybe, or the next day, or maybe next week, or maybe I take a month off. Depending on what energy I have and how much personal shit I'm going through. I don't want to get on here and just wax miserable about a breakup. That wouldn't be fun, nor would it be purposeful. Instead, I would wait till I had something composed to say about the experience I was going through emotionally, try to share that, and then move on to the next thing. But it's no more what I want to speak about than 
Hmm. What else do I not want to speak about? Well, that's the thing. I don't really have anything on the list. The only reason I wouldn't want to put the uh, emotional ringer of breaking up with somebody in recorded format is because I am so emotional that that would be nothing but sobbing and sobbing and going through the misery and the pain because I can't slow those things down at all. And they are intense experiences for me whenever I'm going through them, just like on the positive side. All of the emotional realm that I experience is so uh, capable of ruining me um, that it took a long time to come to realization that my emotional side was that um, uh, surfaced, uh, developed, available, um, undeniable, uh, what I consider to be weak, feminine. Um, how else would I describe myself? Uh, cowardly. Um, um, I mean, completely unmoored internally. But emotions were something that I thought if I could just get to the point that I could control them entirely, I could get my fucking life together. Because being an overly emotional man is an extremely odd social funnel to get into. Because you can't help but um, but be socially unacceptable at times from first dates to chick flick movies that you ball your way through. Um, and I don't mean ball that way. I mean with fucking tissue in your hand against your eye because you're crying. Um, to not having the um, emotional wherewithal to uh, stay structured as an individual in a cooperative complementary relationship, but always getting sucked into some codependent situation of stickiness emotionally so that everything was about everything. It was about everything. I mean, I just was, and, and when all of that is rolling, it's fucking phenomenal. When all of that starts to go thorny, Oh, it's, it is life, uh, wrecking. So living in those extremes all the time and never being able to be confident in myself, it was a 35 year journey to fucking get my shit together. And it was an embarrassing one in a lot of ways. So I tell those stories in the initial hundred episodes, as it were, for the most part, I try to hit the high points. But there are a couple things that, like I said, I'm going to get to that are also very influential in my life, both good and bad. But in all of these explorations, none of it really matters because what's going on right now, this moment, this is all that does matter. And so however far into this we are, let's see, 43 minutes and 16 seconds. If you've listened to any of this, I don't understand why. I don't even know what I've said. But if you're this far into it, I mean, think about 44 minutes of your life that you're giving to this conversation. Is it valuable? I hope. But if it's not, shut it off right now and go do something, anything at all that's active in the universe. Go uh, clean your toilet paper dispenser in your bathroom or go wipe behind your toaster 
do something that's productive and makes your day a little bit more, uh, hey, I'm glad I did that. I had no idea there were that many crumbs back there. I mean, listening to podcasts, to gurus, to idiots like me, it doesn't add a lot to your life beyond clarifying maybe something that gives you a purpose to go get active. So what I'm saying is if you've listened to this much of me, you need to shut me off. Go get active. Do something. And if you're listening to this while you're doing folding laundry, great. That's fine. I That's what I try to do. I try to be active while I'm listening to podcasts. Oh, my God. Where are all the burps coming from? <sighs> Sorry. So first thing I would tell you is don't listen. Second thing I would tell you is if you've listened this far, shut me off. Third thing I would tell you is even if you're starting to find purpose in this episode, that doesn't mean the next one will have anything to do with what's been spoken about here. I don't have continuity. I have what I hope to be points of interest that'll at least stimulate you to think about something in your own life and go get something done in your own life. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I'm trying to give you rethinks that I went through that may give you an opportunity to rethink something in your own life that may be stuck and uh, get that water flowing again. That's it. So, again, why would I charge for that? There's nothing here of uh, a value like, say, um, uh, what is a podcast I think has a lot of value? Uh, there's that brain one that I like. Whatever it is. There's one about um, that's got either brain in the title or mental in the title. It doesn't matter. There are some production value podcasts um, that are worth uh, putting on a monthly subscription, I'm sure. I can't think of any at the moment, but they're out there. They're out there. Um, uh, so this isn't one of them. And the fact that you would even listen to me is, I mean, if we're being honest, it's, uh, it's, hmm. It's a little embarrassing, um, but not really, because, again, I would tell these stories to anybody sitting in my living room, so I figure the conversation I'm having here is as if I was talking to my cousin at the bus station that was crowded, and the woman next to us we knew was eavesdropping because she was following the conversational cues, but who gives a shit? What do you, what do you care, right? We don't care. So... If you are listening, I just would ask you, is this the best use of your time you can think of? And if it is, well, got a life coach? <laughs> All right, let's get to my list of things. All right, I was going to do my uh, data. That's right. All right, so I'm 53 years old. <clears throat> I am unmarried. I have no children. And uh, I am living in Denver, Colorado. I was born in Denver, Colorado, but I left at 18 to go to college on the East Coast. And then I went from the East Coast to the West Coast with some friends from college, where I lived in Portland, Oregon for a while. Then I lived in Seattle for a while. And then I moved back to Denver, Colorado in the year 2000. And I've been here ever since. So that's 23 years now. Hmm. Um, and that's the nuts and bolts of what I've done with my life. 
Um, I've had seven relationships with women that went to the 20th month and then broke up. So that's a little weird. And I've never had a single relationship go to the 21st month, which makes that even weirder. So whatever my 20-month hex is, um, because I was always combustible enough in personal relationships to never get to a two-year anniversary, uh, by the time I was 42, I guess would have been my last relationship, real relationship year, uh, I gave up and just quit dating entirely. Now, I was gambling a little bit in the years after that, so I did uh, end up sleeping with some people, but uh, that does not qualify as a relationship per se, because I wouldn't say there was anything structured involved. Um, so not having had a relationship for the last 11 years um, has put me in a position of uh, a lot of time to think. And in that time, um, I have allowed myself to really challenge everything I thought I knew. And that luxury, I know, is a huge luxury because most people's lives are consumed by all the shit that they have to get done just to get through the day. And right now, I don't have anything I have to... Well, I have to play tennis at 1 o'clock. So, let's see, that's now uh, seven and a half hours away. But that's what I have to do. I have to play tennis. All right. And then I have to do whatever else I want to do, which could be spending the entire day researching uh, the probability that dinosaurs existed before 1859 when the first dinosaur bones were discovered. Wait, what? In other words, I can do whatever I want to do, including a whole day's worth of yard work. It doesn't matter. My days are mine to experience. And in this free flow of energy, I've come to a balanced lifestyle that I don't care about money. I don't care about current uh, culture. I don't care about any of it. I care about experiencing the world and sharing those experiences with other people and doing it again and again and again as much as I can. And I've been doing this my whole life. It's not like this is new. But I finally come to realize that because I can't have a 40-year arc of commitment to anything, kids included, thankfully I don't have any that I know of, but with those uh, qualifications in place, it took me a long time to be okay with that rhythm of life, to basically every 11 to 27 months kind of get itchy enough to say, uh, I need something else. Whatever I'm doing, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I can be a fucking astronaut. Well, I would need something else in 11 months in that situation. But if I were, um, huh, I've thought about going to learn to grow weed, for instance. That would be something useful in my life. And uh, by 27 months of that, I'm sure I'd be ready to go. And probably by 11. But I would spend those 11 months busting my ass learning the industry. Because, of course, I would. And I would do the same thing if I were going to go um, join a cross-stitch uh, activity club at the local YMCA. That's every Thursday morning from 9 to 11. I would fucking learn to cross-stitch like a madman. I just, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it with the ultimate zest and commitment I can bring. And the only place that that's not true is at work. Because... 
at work, I've never been challenged to bring the ultimate zest and creativity I can bring. So I've been challenged to bring things outside of my skill set to the point that I was overworked and stressed to the fuck. But I've never put my wants and my income source in the same Venn diagram. They've never even intersected. So, again, I've always thought of work as what you do so that you can do things like spit out recordings at 5.20 in the morning. And in that universe, that's what I'm up to. This is it. This is my way of saying the whole thing hasn't gotten as bad as we think it has. But it is fucked up. So let's start having conversations to fix it. And let's actually bring actionable fixes out of the conversations rather than having the same conversation this year that we had last year, that we had the year before, that we had seven years ago about how shit's getting worse. We know shit's getting worse. How is shit going to get better? That's my question. So when I talk about stuff, I like to think that I'm not just saying, well, this is what's wrong and that's also wrong and that's bullshit and look at that. That's just waiting to become a huge disaster. Well, that last one might be something I would want to bring up because if it's in the position where it could go worse, but we can save it now, well, then let's start working on saving it. But do we really think we can save the FBI at this point? I don't know. I don't know. And of course we can't save the CIA, right? I mean, if we're going to live in a civilized world, we can't. But I don't like to talk about the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the Illuminati, or the New World Order, or any of them. Because again, while all that shit's probably real, is the CIA real for sure? Katie, what do you think? Are they just a conspiracy? Well, I don't like to talk about things that I can't do anything about, that may not even be real, and that don't really have a big an influence on my life in the day-to-day operation of my life. If it turns out that the meta-universe is, in fact, ruled by the Illuminati, uh, okay, I guess, what am I going to do about that? Uh, until that is something that's relevant to my day-to-day life, I don't have much time for it. So, that's why I like to go through the things in my life that are going right, wrong, and being pursued so that there's some uh, dose of everything else that you can't do anything about doesn't matter so that anybody else who's out there worrying about the shit that they can't do anything about might take a clue to say, oh yeah, I'm spending a lot of time uh, wasting energy on this. I like not to waste my energy on anything. I like to be engaged in what I'm doing, getting something out of it, and then moving on to something else that's giving me the same return. So do these recordings give me a return? Yeah. I listen to them at least once. Well, there is one I haven't re-listened to, or two. Um, But I re-listen to almost all of them. And I re-listened to a few of them a lot. And I re-listened to some blocks of them as background noise now regularly. It's just there is a cadence of ideas that I go through that keeps my mind engaged enough that I don't have to listen to the tangents that are there without the distraction. So I use this as background clutter for myself all the time. And I knew that was the purpose of what I was trying to do here. Because it gives me some perspective on what I'm thinking today to listen to myself and what I was going through six months ago, a year ago, whatever. So that's what I use it for. And 
the idea that there is enough continuity for me because I'm me makes sense. But for anybody else listening, it's a jumbled salad of nonsense. So uh, the, the disconnects that I haven't solved, I'm working my way through. And that's the part that I feel like maybe I can share enough of connecting dots that even I didn't know I could connect um, to help other people find disconnects maybe they were unaware of and find ways to close loops that they didn't even know were open. I feel like a lot of life is not realizing things that you could be doing to help yourself out. And as I've gained some legitimate sense of helping myself out through actionable items, well, I try to say this is how it worked. Maybe it'll work for you. But I would never tell you how to live your life. I would never tell you what to think. I would never tell you anything except explore yourself from within and then take in as much of the environment as you can as your real self and keep moving through it with that kind of grace. And I, you can't help but find purpose in the universe. It will find you. So if you put up with my swearing and the fact that this is all about me and that you'll hear some bodily functions like burps and snoring and whatever else, Hopefully it's not me snoring, but sometimes it might be. That I have no inhibitions, that I'll use drugs while we're talking, that my animals are obviously audible. I do not have any kind of studio support or any kind of production value other than hitting record on my Samsung Galaxy S4. And a lot of times you'll hear me cry. I'll even uh, lose my thought and drop points all over the place. And when I do it, well, the irony is, I'll even misuse the word irony once in a while. Man, those are the episodes that I only re-listen to once because I'm like, oh, God, how did I make that mistake? Oh, why did I say that? Oh, why did I even talk about that? Why did I bring that up? I didn't even know I said that. I can't tell you how many times I've said that re-listening to myself, but I put everything up because nothing about the mistakes even that I make as I go through this am I embarrassed about. I try to fix the ones that I realize are there. Like the one last episode, I should fix that. I should put the intro in the front. But it's not me to go correct the thing that I should have gotten right in the first place. It proves that the next time I do it, uh, well, <laughs> let's hope there isn't a next time because getting A in front of B is the kind of thing I should be able to do every single time. And when I'm not doing it, it's because I'm either tempting myself by naming something A and A, or B and B, or N and Y, or X and 3.4, whatever. Being asinine in the moment is something I'm pretty good at. And yet I've reduced those instances to a bare minimum, but I'm still capable of them at times that are just inappropriate. So I haven't figured it all out, but I've figured out enough that I'm happy all the time I never, ever experience self-doubt anymore. I'm always okay with whatever I'm doing because I'm always myself. And whatever comes, comes. And in doing that, I'm finding a great life. Which also includes, right now, not having a job. Having less than $1,000 in my bank account. And uh, what else is uh, going... What other people would think of as sideways. What do you think? Oh, um, well, that's not good. What else? Oh, and uh, I probably have at least $10,000 worth of housework to do. Well, I mean, 
that I could do. Well, um, is that really? And that's stupid. Anyway, I'm not living a life of of um, what other things would prescribe as the sense of value that I get out of life. If you look at me from afar, you think I'm a numbskull who can barely tie his own shoes, which is fine. I want you to think that. Um, I don't want to look like I've organized uh, my community in a way that is um, is uh, recognized by uh, the local parade and, and Lions Club. I mean, it's not like I don't want to help the community. I just don't think we've got the avenues to become as helpful and communal as we need to become. So in my mind, I'm inventing those things as I go. Or at least I'm trying to do them differently enough I get enough of the right people thinking some of the things that I've noticed that we can become a coalition outside of the structures that seem to have no chance of really changing things. So to me, that starts with changing the things that you can change in your immediate orbit for the better. And that's all I'm trying to do. And if my example shows that that actually is effective, well, maybe it'll spur on somebody else thinking the same thing. That's it. And if it doesn't work, what have I lost? Nothing. Nothing at all, and I've done nothing but help my community along the way through kindness, understanding, and forgiveness. So that's what I'm up to. Now, let me hit pause so I can find the list of things for today that are not shitty about being 53, single, no girlfriend, no job, um, and uh, what's the other thing? I don't know, something else. But... Basically, all of those categories would not be the categories that in the first grade you're listing as things in your MASH diagram that you hope to find next to that mansion. Hold on, pause. Whoa, now pause. Okay, uh, maybe I don't have that list. I'm going to look one more place. Hang on. Well, 62 minutes into this, and I'm finally getting around to my point. Huh. So I apologize for that. And... I haven't listened to the other 62 minutes that uh, precede what I am hopefully going to sequentially correctly order this time as the second half. Half? No. Second part. Should be short. Well, I don't know about that. But it won't be 62 minutes. And I'm not even sure what I said in those 62 minutes, but there are two things I know I meant to touch on that I didn't. So... um, the uh, reason that it's hard to get in touch with me is only because you haven't listened to the one episode where I give out my phone number, my email, and my address, and then do it again in the next episode. And I'm not even sure where, where those episodes are. I think they're around 200 or 210. But I figure if I did it twice, someone could find it. But that's not fair because you have to go through 300 episodes to find those. So I figure now, once per segment, I will just tell you my email address. And if you want to email me and then uh, create contact further than that, that's fine. But the email that I use is heideggersgoldfish at gmail.com. So if you want to write me, write me. Um, Otherwise... You can mine through all those episodes and find my phone number, my address, everything. Did I get my... I might have even given out my social security number at one point. Um, But I might not have. Who knows? Steal my identity. Go for it. Have fun. Okay.
um, what was the other thing? Oh, and regarding um, ads, monetization, I don't believe in intellectual property. I never have. I've always thought that if you put something out into the universe, well, that's what you've done. That the actual um, achievement in the presentation of whatever you're doing is the point. Um, to me, it always felt like the recognition that's implied with intellectual property or the ownership, obviously, the, the sense that it's not an achievement enough to have created the moment, the idea, the concept, the invention, whatever, that you have to be noticed for it. You have to be given your bona fides. I don't know. Just never clicked with me. I never even liked getting graded. In school, I just thought it was, it didn't, it didn't serve much purpose. And I got, I mean, I got good grades, but it didn't, it didn't resonate as something that was inherently demonstrative. It was not something I would say equated one-to-one with the value of the class. If I got an A in a class, it didn't mean that I felt like I got an A's worth of investment from the material and the learning therein. A lot of times it just meant that the material was ridiculously easy and all you had to do was read one chapter, study for 15 minutes before the exam, and ace a multiple choice test to get an A in a class. I mean, nothing about having an academic record that is uh, shining or mediocre says anything about what you actually achieved in learning through that process. Or at least it never did for me. So... Um, the idea that, um, that anything at all is not a gift to humanity, whatever you put out into the universe, you've given the universe and you can patent it and make money off it and all that other shit that doesn't really exist. But the innovation of the idea is all that really matters. So, um, that's another reason that monetization of what is essentially a verbal diary, well, that doesn't make sense to me. And, again, I'm not trying to uh, um, morally one-up any uh, monetization efforts on any property uh, or creative effort whatsoever. If you can monetize, monetize your dog's fart flute, more power to you. If you can take my content and monetize it, hell, I'm impressed. Because there's just not a lot here of sustainable value. It's, it's tedious to say the least. So, having put you through now uh, almost 70 minutes of nonsense... Let's get to why it doesn't always suck to be 53, jobless, uh, kidless, wifeless, girlfriendless. Um, what else do I not have? Uh, penniless. Um, um, what else don't I have? I've got no stand-up arcade machines so or pinball or even sit-down ones. Although I have a PlayStation 3 and that kind of shit, but I never use it. So what I'm saying is I'm just a normal dude 
who frankly is in no swan song place of life. If anything, I am a swan diving into a fire pit of, uh uh-oh, I better get my shit together, kind of life. But this isn't even a momentary pause in my, uh, in my reckless behavior. This isn't anything but planning for the next stage for me. And if I don't do it with some, (laughs) some abrupt and, uh, and unexpected detouring, well, then it never really gets done. So I'm doing it my way. I wouldn't recommend it. It is, uh, it is what you can do if you're 53, single, have no attachment to anything in the universe except yourself. So if you get here with me, well, it'll leave you with uh, an overriding thought if you didn't take life seriously enough. But I do take life seriously. It took a long time to get to the point that I realized I was supposed to be here alone. But to get to that journey through all of the hiccups of romance and coupling and commitment and all that shit, well, apparently wherever I set my uh, sliders for, okay, at this point, if I'm in a relationship still, I have to self-combust and blow up. I set that slider at the 20th month. So that's the way it is, and I'm not excited about that, but I am now at peace with that. So um, other ways that I don't know if I'm serious enough, obviously money, jobs, um, but lately friends. I don't know that I've given my friends enough support. I don't take a lot from friends, and I do give a lot in the moment, but I don't give a lot in the long term. Um, always there for you. So I'm trying to improve that. But thinking through not being very serious left me with 11 ways that I'm goddamn right and I'm goddamn glad that all these things are available to me because, wow, I can't imagine life in other ways. But wait for another list, maybe, and I'll talk about that. So, having uh, two favorite numbers in the first 20, they're 9 and 11, and not because of 9-11, but um, 9 because it's the 369, it's 3 cubed, it's, it, I mean, if you're a 369 uh, fan, then you either are truly a, a 3 or a 9 inner core advocate, and for me it's 9. It's always been nine. And it's funny because I always wanted to uh, be number nine on my sports teams, but it was never available. I could never be number nine. It was always taken before I got a chance to pick. So 15 was the best I could ever do, trying to find a number low. So I always uh, ended up with crappy sports numbers. But that aside, why am I even saying that? Um, 11 is... Well, 11 and 19 are the two prime numbers in the first 20 that, to me, represent the most uh, connectivity. So, 11 is what we get today. I probably could run this list to 19. I certainly could have run yesterday's list to 19, but let's just go with the 11 that I have. So, number 11. I never run out of hot water. 
or have to wait for the fucking bathroom. And I know people listening to this are like, oh yeah, that's got to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, it's nice. Now, never run out of hot water? Okay, listen. I've stood in the shower for 40 minutes going, huh, and what am I thinking about shit? All of a sudden going, <gasps> cold water's coming on. So, yeah, you can run out of hot water, but you basically have to fall asleep in the shower to do it. So, yeah, number 11, I never run out of hot water without doing something idiotic and never have to wait for the bathroom. Never even have to shut the bathroom door. Well, never. Okay, I do have to shut the bathroom door now again. But still, you know what I'm saying? All right, number 10. Nobody ever asks me when anything is going to get started or when anything is going to be finished. Nobody. Number nine. Uh, there are no restrictions on what I choose for an income source. Literally. That doesn't mean I'm going to start selling drugs, but what I'm saying is if I want to go work uh, midnight to 8 a.m. Uh, shift at the carnival, there we go. So that's nice. Plus, there's never any question of what I'm doing with money except what I'm doing with my money. Like, I never have to have that conversation. Number eight. Uh, I get to determine the level of filth tolerance I'm comfortable with, and nobody else has a say. And this one fluctuates a lot, which is why I'm glad that this one is available to be had. Because I've lived in plenty of situations where keeping the motherfucking place clean is what we're up to. And I'd say that's with almost every living girlfriend I ever had. But <clears throat> with pretty much every roommate I ever had, there could be some serious discussions about what we can tolerate in the bathroom. Or in the kitchen, or in the fucking living room, whatever. So, my flexibility with what I'll call filth tolerance has been an asset because I've always been able to adapt to the situations that I'm in. But to be able to just declare that as 100% whatever I want it to be, oh, that is nice. Don't underestimate that. All right, number seven. And do not underestimate this one. I write, I edit, I rework, I determine, and I completely, at the last minute change, whenever I feel like, the schedule for household chores. Number six. Uh, anytime there's a decision like what movie to watch, what to eat for dinner, what to order for pizza, what to... Uh, do in the yard today versus do in the yard next week? Well, it's my decision. There's no vote. There's no council. There's no appeal. There's no magic hat. There's none of that shit. There's me saying, oh, well, we're not going to do any dishes tonight because the team doesn't feel like it. So that was number six. Number five. Uh, <laughs> you can have any pet you want. I could have an alligator if I wanted one, as long as it's, I'm sure that's not legal. But whatever, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Maybe as long as you have one of them kiddie pools and a four-foot high fence, alligators are available. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that you should or I will or anybody should have a pet alligator. 
but I could explore that. And if it got all the way to the fact that, oh yeah, I guess I can, well, I could. Or a tiger, or an ocelot, or a raccoon, you name it. Any pet you want. Don't underestimate that one, I'm telling you. And obviously don't underestimate number four. Okay, no, I don't think I do. Um, okay. Numbers three, two, and one. Hang on. I need to uh, do a little socialization for myself here. Okay. <clears throat> so, number three. You put everything exactly where you want it. And you leave everything exactly where you want it. And everything goes exactly where you think it should go. And uh, if you lose anything, it's your fault. Nobody's moving your stuff around. Nobody's putting stuff on top of your stuff. Nobody's saying, hey, I don't think that the uh, broom should go here. Uh, no. Nope. The brooms will go in the goddamn living room if I decide that's where they're going to go. And, uh, yeah. That could have been number one. Because it's not that I'm not willing to compromise. Of course, I'm willing to compromise. But the idea that you get to organize everything exactly the way you want it, as, as it works for you, and reorganize it when it's somewhat a, a skew and you need something a little more flow, well, yeah, do it. I mean, that's what I'm up to in the whole house right now. And I got to tell you, Taking it back to its basic blueprint, the one that works the best. Oh, it's nice to be back to this format. Feels great. Too much chaos lately. This is good. Okay. Number two. Any guest, any time, for any reason. <clears throat> I need not say more. And number one. For me, the number one reason that this life is an advantage, not a disadvantage, is because I have the freedom to do whatever the fuck I want. Right now, in the next minute, and next week, and next month, and two seconds from now. It's my decision. And yeah, that's selfish. Yeah, that means that I don't have the camaraderie of my entourage to go with me. But this round on Earth was a solo mission for me. So getting comfortable alone was something I didn't feel I was ever going to achieve. And now I love it. I love it. So the idea that the freedom of the moment is mine to enjoy and experience exactly as I want to enjoy and experience it. I don't know if I can trade that for anything. So I know that makes me a selfish son of a bitch. And frankly... Part of that commitment to my freedom, well, it broke my heart this year. <laughs> so it's not the easiest road to walk, but for me, it's the one that's made the most sense and given me the most purpose and certainly kept me on a path toward destiny. So <clears throat> should I have gotten married? Nope, because I'd be divorced. Should I have had kids? Well... If I'd have had kids in marriage, I'd be divorced, and I'd be the reason that 
the divorce would have happened, so the kids would hate me. And should I have gotten someone pregnant? Well, I did. And that didn't come to fruition. But whatever happens in this universe for you has to just make sense for you. And the whole time I was trying to think about, well, is this the one? Is this the one? Should this be the one? Should I just find one and pick one? And all that shit. It was never going to work out. And I just couldn't get comfortable with the idea that that was even a possibility. I just had to fight that current of reality in every way possible. And then at the 20-month mark, hit the reset button and do it all over again. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, I wasn't a bad boyfriend until I was. And I wasn't even a bad boyfriend when I was. I just couldn't sustain the level of purpose in coupling that long-term relationships demand. I don't know that I haven't changed enough to give the universe a better shot at that actual realization. But I don't need to test the, the waters there and find a failure. I don't know that I would like that side of myself developing at all. So, playing it safe? Maybe. But playing it with purpose and destiny? Well, absolutely.